Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action, a podcast where people share their stories about meaningful, planet-friendly work in their local communities. They share their paths of green action and the ways they have applied their own talents, interests, and all types of green projects, jobs, businesses, volunteering, and careers. Their adventures are inspiring and insightful, and how they overcome challenges reveal keys to more successful systems we can use in our own lives and communities. So today on our podcast, I'm speaking with someone whose passion for the environment and education led her to a position with a local nonprofit as a community educator. I'm speaking with Kim Rios with Keep Truckee Meadows Beautiful, KTMB nonprofit in Reno, Nevada. Kim has a strong passion for environmental activism and education. She obtained her degree in environmental policy at the University of Nevada, Reno, but discovered a predilection for education after spending four years teaching overseas. Kim came to KTMB as an AmeriCorps VISTA participant, working to build capacity for the Warriors Youth Education Program. Upon completion of her term, she was hired on as the Community Education Coordinator to expand KTMB's education program through its Recycling Guide, the Nevada Green Business Program, and sustainability talks to businesses, organizations, and clubs. Welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to speak with you and find out more about your path of green action and service as an environmental community educator. So what um, planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of green action originally? Oh, this is such a great question because a lot of things come to mind, but I think the story that really, I think just started this whole passion of mine started in middle school, actually. When I was in eighth grade, I had to give a presentation on the benefits of recycling. And I was a very diligent student. So of course I did the research, I learned a lot. I also was very passionate about art at the time. So I did spend quite some time preparing and putting together my visual aid for my presentation. And because I was so drawn to that creative side, I went all out. I, my plan was to print a ton of pictures of some of the detrimental impacts that waste has on our environment, like deforestation, pictures of habitat destructions, et cetera. I printed enough, enough copies to not only paste onto my visual board, but also distribute to each of my classmates as I was talking. And my poster board was also embellished with tons of paper, cutouts of recycling symbols and images of earth, et cetera. Bottom line, I used, I used a ton of paper and I was called out about that by one of my classmates after my presentation. I still remember to this day, the question that my classmate had made, which has stuck with me ever since. And that was, if I cared so much about the environment, why had I used so much paper? Why wasn't it even at least recycled paper? So needless to say, I was dumbfounded. (laughs) Here I was preaching all the information I had learned and encouraging my classmates to 
change their habits when I myself was not even practicing what I was preaching. And this taught me at a very young age that it's, you know, education, the power of education is great, but also the power of action. And so as I grew up, I also realized the strong need for legislative change in order to make some of these actions easier for us down here. And this ultimately led me to pursue my degree in environmental policy at the University of Nevada, Reno. But quite frankly, my drive and passion for education drove me to teach English right after I graduated and ultimately led me to KTMB. Wow. Well, that was a pretty tough audience for eighth grade. <laughs> Changed my life. <laughs> so, um, so you realized then like maybe by high school that you wanted to st study environmental policy? I would say probably like my first or second year in college. Okay. Okay. So where did you spend your um, four years teaching overseas? And maybe how has that experience influenced your approach to environmental education here? I spent four years teaching in the Basque Country, which is a province in northern Spain. And there are so many benefits that come with spending time overseas. I think one of the most influential experiences was seeing what other countries and communities are doing to be more sustainable and how they are doing it, what types of systems are set in place, what technology is being used and so on. And so one of the things that blew my mind was seeing, for instance, how the cafeteria was set up in my elementary school, the one I was working in. Schools here generate so much waste during lunch because of all of the packaging and disposable materials that are used. And lunch at the school I was placed at the Basque Country was provided by a catering company that would serve fresh, close to home cooked meals to these students every day for lunch. And the company would also provide all of the silverware, cups, plates, et cetera, which meant no disposable materials would be needed. And even the setup was cute. The, each lunch table was set up restaurant style with individual place settings, a jug of water in the center of each table, and of course their baguettes, <laughs> because that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that's big there. And it's just really interesting to see all of these things happening elsewhere. And in terms of how this has shaped my approach to environmental education here, I don't think it influenced my teaching style per se, but rather just being really aware of what our problems are here and trying to find creative solutions that work for us. I realized that a lot of us, that a lot of work has to be done here and I'm inspired by the solutions being implemented elsewhere. And so my job as an educator is to communicate these local problems, environmental problems that are common in across all urban communities and 
provide solutions that we can all take to, ma to make a positive difference. And I think most importantly, inspire others to go the extra mile and bring new innovative solutions at the front end of things. And so sometimes some, some will take that information that we present to them and they'll run with it. And that's when we can you know, celebrate. Yeah. Well, that, that's really cool that they have that kind of program there. It sounds fun and delicious and <laughs> kind of elegant. <laughs> so maybe what are some of your favorite educational programs that you've been involved in recently or maybe in the past? Most recently is our new green business program that we're launching at KTMB. So as a member of the Nevada Green Business Network, we are now working to certify green businesses in Reno and Sparks. And this is a free and voluntary educational program that helps businesses implement sustainable practices within their business operations, ultimately lead them to not only save money, but also become recognized as a green business in Nevada. So we're really excited to start this new program. We've got a couple of businesses we're working on already. And um, another great program that I've been involved in in the past is actually with another nonprofit organization. Uh, we have a great partnership with Envirolution. And they're a nonprofit in Reno. And every year we participate in their sustainability tour. And this program essentially brings middle school students and high school students to explore different aspects of sustainability and pairing it up with presentations from experts in those fields. And so in the past we've done their waste tour where the kids are taken to visit the Lockwood landfill, they're taken to the recycling center, and then we go in and talk to them about our waste problems and inspire them to, to, take, to make some changes within their lifestyle and contribute to a positive change for our community. So it's a great program and I love the fact that it makes that real world connection, real world connection by offering those field trips. That's great. So do they also kind of like, do they get to visit maybe a composting facility and, and things like that as well? They, I don't know if they've done composting in the past. I think maybe with RT Donovan, the most recent one we did last year before COVID, it was for, it was just the Lockwood landfill and the recycling center, but they also do tours to, for instance, the pepper mill to learn about their geothermal energy applications. They'll go on a tour of the water treatment facilities to learn more about the process to treat our drinking water and some conservation around water efforts. And so it kind of encompasses a lot. Excellent. Excellent. So when you're designing um, and implementing some of the programs, how are you able to design this in a way that um, maybe reaches people of different ages and interests and cultures? Do you maybe try different sources, media, radio, print, you know, you're doing? Yeah, we're always working to make our programs relevant, as relevant and as inclusive as possible. I think we have our work cut out for us most times because I feel like everyone is always interested and willing to give back to our community. And I think we're really lucky in that sense. 
And so for instance, we engage hundreds of volunteers every year through our volunteer programs that we offer, whether it is going out and picking up litter, removing invasive weeds, planting trees, planting flowers. I think it's an easy sell for people. And it's a good opportunity for people of all ages, cultures, interests to kind of come and, and participate and contribute back to, to our community. Our education program, programs are also available to different, to people of different ages, backgrounds, and cultures. We don't want our education program to be a barrier, although we also continue to enhance and make improvements to it. For instance, our recycling guide is available in, I think, 15 languages. And we ran a recycling educational pilot program to the Latino community to like be at the, in the middle of last year into the beginning of this year before COVID. I'm thinking on my COVID timeline now, <laughs> it was pre-COVID. And, um, and this was all thanks to some funding that we received from the Nevada Division of Environmental Protection to help educate our community on recycling, waste reduction practices, and so on. And so we, we piloted this program to target the specifically the Latino community that hasn't been a historical targeted audience through our nonprofit. And it was a successful program. We were able to reach the community in different through different mediums. So for instance, through print, we partnered or we we put posted ads through Latino newspaper journals, Latino radio and television stations, and so on and so forth. And so it it's something that has definitely opened the window for more work to be done as more of an ongoing basis. And yes, we we give we have all of our information and we do use we utilize a lot of these different sources of media in, naturally I would prefer to present in person because I feel like you can engage a lot better if you're face-to-face -face with someone. But most of the time we also recognize that there is potential for greater reach through different sources of media such as TV and radio and print and et cetera. So we feature, for instance, we're featured in the, the radio, the X, radio channel every Friday for their green minute segment. And so we share a lot of sustainability tips and things that we've got going on within our programs every Friday with them. We also have an excellent social media presence that we use as our primary communication tool. We rolled out PSAs on television and radio. Our recycling guide was being printed weekly in the Reno, New Reno News and Review Journal before COVID hit. <laughs> but again, um, we're always looking to expand our, our reach through all of these different mediums. Great. So what are some of the challenges that you've faced, maybe as an educator or just, you know, evolving how you want to maybe practice on your own being more sustainable or helping others as well? Um, challenges more recently, COVID-19. 
COVID-19, I think, brought back our our disposable tendencies. And it's in a way making us as just a collective global community reevaluate how to live our lives according to our values. <laughs> and there has been a lot of barriers that have been placed in order for us to continue living in, in the sustainable lifestyle. And with our nonprofit specifically, of course, it's challenged our mission because part of our mission is to be more, to live in a more sustainable and beautiful region through waste reduction. And so it's this situation, and I'm sure it's impacted so many more organizations across the world, but for us in particular, it's made us reevaluate our programs and our messaging and, and trying to research what else we could be doing so as not to be turned off by everything else that's been going on. And personally for me, it was really challenging going to the grocery store and not being able to use my bags, my reusable bags, for instance, or my produce bags. And especially at the beginning of the pandemic where so little was known, you were truly left with no option. But I think now that we're so in far into this, this pandemic, we've also learned a lot more about the virus. And I think we've also take we've also taken some time to reflect on what can be what can still be done in order to continue living in a sustainable manner. So for instance, nowadays I realize I don't have to bag my groceries after I pay for them. I can just roll out with my cart straight to my car and bag my groceries in my car. <laughs> so these little small things, I feel these small opportunities arise. We just have to give it some more thought. And I think most importantly, once we do discover a solution, it's sharing it and spreading that information and letting people know like, hey, do this, or you know, you can't do that, but try this instead. And always trying to find that balance, but always keeping safety in mind because obviously it's in our best interest to be interest to be healthy as healthy and pos as possible. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and it sounds like you're you're thinking and probably in a good position to kind of share that when you come upon those realizations. So, um, have you found ways to better connect with and inspire youth um, as well as the as the wider community and business? Ultimately, the best way to connect with youth and the general community is, well, for starters, is through passion, but I'll get into that in a second. But I truly believe education is power. The more you know, the more you're inclined to make a difference. And when we come in, for instance, when I come in or my colleagues come in and give a presentation, whether it is to a school or a business, we're not just telling folks what to do. We're also telling them why they should do it, why they should care. And I think that's what triggers people. And so a great example is our, our service learning opportunities that we offer, where we basically give smaller groups, typically families or 
a small business, an opportunity to go out and pick up trash with us, but we pair it with an educational component. And so sometimes it's not enough to have groups just go out and pick up trash. Some people will go because they have to, especially if their family and their parents are making their kids go out. But once we demonstrate why they are there, it actually enriches their experience, their trash picking experience or their weed pulling experience, making it more memorable. And I think they'll be more likely to do it on their own again later. Nice, nice. So it really connects um, with the higher purpose of what you're doing. That's great. So what are some of the ways that you and others are enjoying the rewards of your efforts? There's so many, uh, there's so many stories. When I first started as an AmeriCorps and I went into one of my first classrooms to give a Waste Warriors presentation, it was to a second grade class. And at the end, a girl came up to me and thanked me. And then she told me how she can get her mom to recycle properly. And needless to say, it not only tugged on my heartstrings, but the fact that she was coming to me and asking me, like, how can I make a difference with my family? It just, it inspired me and it just filled me with so much joy. So I spoke with her teacher and we ended up hosting a, a like a parent night at the school and we invited all the parents, including her parents. She got a, a special, they got a special invite from, <laughs> from us and we shared the same information to them. So I think it's just one of the things, again, that if you communicate these, these issues and you inspire these new generations or even adults too, I've had a lot of, I have a lot of success stories just with adults as well and how once they're aware of for instance, what are the larger trash problem issue is and ways that they can help, they're inclined to do it. And they're just as motivated to begin making those, those small steps towards the positive change. That's great. That's great. I sometimes think um, adults are sometimes forgotten a little bit. <laughs> we don't forget our adults. They're just as important. <laughs> okay. So like if your ideas and your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to someone that is also considering maybe this pathway of education in another city? I think I touched on this in my first response that I forgot to elaborate on it, passion. <laughs> Let your passion for sustainability and environmental education shine. That's what inspires people to take action and makes your message resonate even more with them. Excellent. So what um, resources, maybe a book, website, or film has been particularly helpful or informative for you? Garbology. Our Dirty Love Affair with Trash by Edward Humes. That book changed my life. <laughs> it does take you through the history of our waste problems and the solutions that are being implemented nowadays and the problems with those solutions. And it just, it's, it's a lot. So I definitely recommend that one. It's an eye-opener. The Story of Plastics, which is a documentary by the Story of Stuff Project that highlights the systematic problems with plastics at every level of their production. And that's also an, 
a, a documentary that's very eye-opening as well. And Zero Waste Home by Bea Johnson. I came across this book a few years ago that essentially also inspired me to even start my own personal zero waste journey. And this is a lady who essentially was able to accumulate enough trash in a year to fit inside a mason jar. And since then, she's just, her message and her, her philosophy behind how to live a zero waste lifestyle has taken off and has, she's inspired so many people across the world. Nice, nice. Um, so do you have any upcoming projects besides the ones maybe that you've already shared that you'd like to um, share with others, maybe um, kind of across the nation, not necessarily local, but um, some other things that might be going on? Well, we are, we're still working to educate our community on recycling. So of course our recycling guide is available to residents in Washoe County, but it, the information there can also trickle into other parts of the world because it does also highlight ways to reduce and reuse unwanted materials, which is a universal concept. And we're always striving to educate people on the importance of waste reduction, on how to prioritize, refuse, reduce, reuse. And so this recycling guide is a great resource that really dives into those concepts. And our, our green business program, it's launched, we're ready. If there's anyone in Reno and Sparks that's interested in becoming certified, a certified business, they can email me at Kimberly at ktmb.org and recycle your Christmas trees with us December 26th through the 10th of January. We'll be looking for volunteers to help us out as well. So you can find more information on our website. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.